welcome Vanessa to the show. Hello. So we met last year when working at Progressive Preschool together, mm-hmm. and we worked the whole year together, except for you know when COVID hit and then we were virtual. Yep. So it was a very interesting school year for all of us. But that's how we met, mm-hmm. and then you met Vanessa this year, first time today, technically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I needed help with some schoolwork. I needed a baby, (laughs) and (laughs) Vanessa was very kind enough to let me observe hers. Yes. So I've been watching little videos of her baby for a couple of months, Mm -hmm. and that's how we came in contact. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But connected through Andy. Connected through Andy, right. You know, like, hey. I know someone with a baby. Exactly. A fresh baby. <laughs> I have a new a baby. baby. <laughs> and I needed a fresh baby. Yeah. yeah. And you're welcome, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that last year you had mentioned that you were going to try and get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And we would love to hear, you know, when you found out you were pregnant mm-hmm. and how you felt about that, especially during the the time of the year that it was um so working with Andy she we kind of shared a lot we became friends and things of that nature and so I was trying to get pregnant um I'm 35 I was 35 at the time I'm 36 now and so for me I just felt like my clock was ticking um I was fortunate enough to be a bonus mom you know Isaiah biologically is not my son but I've been raising him for the last 11 years and so for me it was more so um do I, I was very comfortable. I was very comfortable. I mean, I'd go out on the weekends and just, you know, Isaiah was 14 at the time. Like, you know, there was just so many things that, um, you know, were hindering me personally that I felt like I wasn't ready because I just had this great life. I mean, I had a son that I was fortunate to, you know, be a part of his life and, but it still wasn't my legacy. Like, it was Dwayne's legacy. Um, and so I spoke to my husband about it, Dwayne, and I was like, hey, I think I want to try to have a baby. And he's like, you really want to try to have a baby? I was like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? Like, because if it didn't happen for me, then I was content. But for me, I couldn't go on not knowing if I could never get pregnant. Um, so I took my contraception out in June of 2019. And I was just like, I'm going to wing it. Whatever. <laughs> Let's what happens, happens. happens. Um, and so my OB was like, it's going to take a year. And I was like, oh, great. I have a whole year before <laughs> I can get pregnant. That's That might change my mind. You know, you just never know. It took six months. <laughs> six months. I found out I was pregnant um, actually at work, um, like the middle of March um, before COVID hit, like before the like world right before. actually shut down. Um, I cried. I was scared. I was like, what did I get myself into? (laughs) Um, But I was also, I was very happy. Um, And so I was happy up until the world shut down. And then I became scared Um, because I was 35. And they're like, you know, women who um, were my age, you know, the likelihood of miscarrying was higher than somebody, you know, that was 21. And so there was just a lot of things that started to... um, factor into just did I make the right decision did I make the right choice um a baby is a blessing in itself but you worry so much um about their um (laughs) you worry so much about them before they even are born that I was worried I was just worried I couldn't go to doctor's appointments like I everything had to be virtual and I'm just you know my sleeping on the baby my crushing the baby what am I doing so there's just so many things that like as you know, new, newly being pregnant, I was worried that I was... Despite just, it being a pandemic. Yes. Yeah. Right. And it being right. a pandemic. Um, and so there's just, like, I couldn't get ultrasounds done. There was just so many things that were limited to me um, that scared me. And I, you know, was constantly Googling and just... The, the internet became kind of like my safe haven, although as weirdly as it sounded, it became a safe haven for me. Um, because I picked apart things that just didn't make sense. And I, you know, looked at things that made sense until I was able to officially see a doctor. So, so is there anything 
that you think you would have done differently throughout your pregnancy besides like the doctor's visits mm-hmm. and obviously not having as many as much access to your healthcare providers um, that you would have approached in a different way if it weren't for COVID? Um, for me, like I think what I would have done differently if it wasn't like I would have been a little bit more um, health conscious. Um, you know, sometimes some people take pregnancy like I can eat whatever I want oh my god the baby's craving all of this stuff (laughs) and then you don't really think about you know the food that you're putting inside of your body um you know I used to be used to love the gym I used to like love to you know have snacks here and there and things like that but um I just would have been a little bit more conscious of like making sure I, you know, ate more fruits and vegetables, um, just paid attention to my health more so, um, while I was pregnant because I definitely wish I could have changed a couple of things, um, during that process of my pregnancy. Yeah. I'm sure not being able to see friends and family as much, Mm -hmm. or do you think if COVID wasn't around, you would have had... You know, I don't know what your support system was like during your pregnancy. I think that if COVID wasn't around, I would have, you know, been more active. I would have been out more. I would have been able to just, you know, see my family out of state and be able to share in this glorious moment of being pregnant. And just so many things um, that I think that COVID kind of took the joy of pregnancy away from me. Um, I had to wear masks. And as you're... I'm a, I have asthma, so <laughs> being pregnant in the middle of the summer, um, having asthma, just so many things that I just feel like it didn't make enjoyable going to doctor's appointments by myself because you can't have anybody there right. um, constantly being in a mask no matter where you're at. You can't even take a sip of water no matter how parched you are. Just things that like it took, it almost makes me like, oh, we're still in COVID, but yet things have loosened up like I makes me want to get pregnant all over again yeah. just to see you know <laughs> and you're also which is moving worse. and I was also moving which in um, itself is already yes I moved when I was seven months pregnant I was huge and um, my ankles and everything were swollen and I was still trying to lift things I was still trying to you know do things just because we were still a family of three at the time and so I just you know, things had to get done. Yeah. Um, and so we moved in the middle of COVID. And not only moving in the middle of COVID, I had to change all of my doctors. Mm-hmm. And so that was a hassle in itself. Because then you're scared. You're even more scared now that you're so, like. You don't have a relationship with exactly. the people who are going to be. And so you don't have a relationship. Um, I actually was thinking of going back to the city the week of my due date, which was November 15th, and just getting a hotel room and just being like, hey, if my water breaks here, at least I'm close to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, you know, my husband's like, that's... <laughs> we ain't doing that. Like, yes, we are. I'm, the, I'm giving birth at NYU Lango. <laughs> and he's just like, no, we're going to find a doctor up here and you're going to be fine. And I was like, no. Um, so that also took a lot of research. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just COVID... Definitely played a major, major role in my my pregnancy. Right. So. And Wayne wasn't necessarily allowed to go to all the doctors. Right. No, he Any? couldn't come to the doctor's appointments all the way up into. So I had my first doctor's appointment March thirtieth, um, and so from the thirtieth until I want to say maybe July. He couldn't come to doctor's appointments with me. So I had to, any ultrasound appointments, anything like that, I had to go by myself. Like all throughout your first trimester. All throughout my first trimester. He couldn't come until like maybe the second or the middle of the second trimester. He could start coming to doctor's appointments. And even then, it was at to a point where like he could accompany me, but I would have to go into the ultrasound room by myself. So he would have to just wait in the waiting room and to the point where I was just like, What's don't come, yeah. I'll just go. And then one day they're like, he can come back. And from that point on, he's just been kind of coming. He's been to every appointment since then. I can't imagine what that was like emotionally. What? I was just like, I tried, you know, I would try not to cry and things like that because, 
you know, they say that, you know, even though the baby's in the womb, they feel your emotions, they, they you know, so I was just trying to be strong, but it, it definitely, there was moments where I'm like, oh my God, like he's, he's yeah. missing these moments yeah. and, you know, and for us to be having our first child together, like, like it, it was a bonding experience that, you know, I wasn't able to kind of have the first, what, what was that? <laughs> Oh, you want something over there? Okay. You <laughs> <laughs> see something? Yeah. You want your mermaid? Um, that we weren't able to share together. And it's until. also so different when you're like relaying information mm-hmm. and you're not hearing so when I'm he's like, not hearing it with you. Oh, this is you know. You'll see the sonogram pictures, but it's just it's just not. not the there was she was punching and kicking and just you know rotating and just th- doing so many things um, in that moment that he wasn't able to see. So. Listen, it was it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. And I actually, through our health insurance, I had a nurse that would check in on me weekly because during my pregnancy, I did suffer from a little bit of depression. Yeah, um, staying in the house all the time. Like she would check on me constantly, yes. like weekly. And I um, found that helpful. And I found that really helpful. Yeah. Just having you know, someone to talk to about just certain things. She'll be like, is there anything that you're feeling or experiencing that you feel like is abnormal? So she, you know, granted she wasn't physically there, but she was able to listen just to give me advice to be like, if this is what you're feeling, go to the hospital or things like that. And even then during COVID, I was scared of the hospital. I didn't want to. I wasn't going to the hospital. Let alone not, like I didn't want to go. I wasn't going to no hospital. Because then you read of the stories and you hear the things on the news of pregnant women who went to the hospital, right. ready to give birth, and, you know, dying, getting COVID, things to that magnitude. So I was staying far no. away from the hospital until I, I need to give birth. Yeah, I, I just did, had to be strong. Did they tell you about the nurse or did you have to ask? Um, they told me about the nurse, but I was still a little apprehensive because I'm like, What's this nurse gonna do for me all the way in? She lived in like Tennessee somewhere, oh. so it was like <laughs> it wasn't even someone no, who like you would see if exactly. you went. Exactly, no, it wasn't someone that I would see if I went. So I was like, I'm not doing this. But you know, when I talked to her and we spoke and we just kind of were touching base, and she was just walking me through all of these things to what to expect. It's kind of like she was my internet, but somebody with. First-hand experience, and like you could have a back and forth with, and exactly. this would like reassure you. Exactly. That, like, so she's just like, you know, um, you need to be making sure you're getting iron because um, I had an iron deficiency during my pregnant pregnancy. She's like, so if you don't want to eat beef, you know, you can eat these foods that are iron rich and just so many things that I just didn't know about. And she really um, was trying to help me focus on health, my health. Um, she's like, you can't gain this much weight during pregnancy because, you know, it's not good for the baby. Just so many things that I just didn't know being a first time, you know, my first time being pregnant that she helped me with. And she even after Serena was born, um, was there for me after her birth as well. So that's nice. The whole time. And so when did you start having those conversations with her? Um, I want to say it was, I was probably like six or seven weeks pregnant. Oh, so really early. Yeah, yeah, she she followed me my whole entire pregnancy. That's really nice. And even two weeks after or three weeks after Serena was born, she called me just to make sure I wasn't suffering from postpartum um, and just was walking me through like symptoms of postpartum Mm -hmm. and what to expect and things like that. I mean, because that's also things that, they don't tell no. you about. They don't tell you about the whole it's really postpartum and after the birth, what to expect mentally, physically, emotionally. So yeah. It's a nice service that I'm sure not everyone mm-hmm. knows about. No. Yeah, or has access to. No. Yeah. And Dwayne luckily has great <laughs> health insurance. <laughs> so kudos to him. Um, because I, I I didn't know anything about that. Right. Yeah. Um, because trying to reach my OB during. COVID was a nightmare, like a nightmare. I chose to switch my first OB. Oh, wow. Not prior to moving. I switched OBs three times during pregnancy. So the first time I found out I was pregnant, I had an OB. She was unavailable for like the first three weeks of my pregnancy. I was probably in the most panic I've ever been. I switched to NYU and I was just like, I had to start all over. So every time you switch OBs, they basically do everything all over again. All of these tests and things like that they just start over because they just don't know where the last one left off at so 
Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Hi. I can hear you. <laughs> so we spoke. We just touched a little bit about how you were feeling emotionally throughout your pregnancy. How was it physically? Ooh, physically. <laughs> um, physically, it it. <laughs> Ooh, where do I begin? Um, so in the first, like, I want to say. Maybe like their first trimester. So like the first 12 weeks, you're kind of like, you don't really see that much of a difference. Right. Um, it's the second and third trimester that are really trying. Um, for me, I suffered from a lot of swelling in my feet. Um, my feet were were major um, to the point where I couldn't wear shoes. Um, um, I couldn't wear shoes. Uh, my blood pressure was really high, like... Um, to the point where they're like, you know, you need to monitor it every day. Um, physically, the not being able to sleep in certain positions. I went through like four body pillows just trying to see which one was comfortable for me. <laughs> um, constantly having to lay on your side. Um, depending on how active the baby is at certain times of the, the, the pregnancy and the night. Like she's very, she was very active mm-hmm. at night. So lots of kicking, heartburn, um, food aversions, um, just... It was just certain things that just, I didn't even want to smell yeah. or like, you know. But physically, it can, like, <laughs> take a toll yeah. on your body. And it it wasn't, I didn't have a horrible pregnancy because I had no morning sickness whatsoever. But it just was physically, um, and I want to say, I don't know if it was more of a mental thing because of COVID, but physically, it, it was, was becoming unbearable like my feet were swollen and they're like the way you alleviate the swelling is you go for walks but then you have to go for a walk with a mask yeah so like it just was a a lot of things that like i feel like and i hate to blame covid but i'm blaming (laughs) (laughs) that really played a role in like how i want to say daunting the pregnant my pregnancy was for me like it was glorious and blessing and beautiful but there was just times where I was just like, I'm so over being pregnant because I was pregnant behind four walls right, the whole time, right. you know. So. Well, we talked a lot about while you were pregnant, but can you tell us about the day Serena was born? Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> Serena That's was you. born a week early. So, her due date was November 15th. Um, I had to get induced on November 6th. So she was born November 8th, and the reason why I had to get induced was because my blood pressure was too high, and so I was suffering from something that they call um, in pregnancy called preeclampsia. So they basically were like, we're going to induce you. Um, They tried for two days to induce me because I was a week... going before my due date so like my service is not dilated she's comfortable like just so many things so they were really trying to disturb her and was this in, were they wanting to induce for your health yes. for the safety of yours and yes. babies or mostly yes for okay. the safety of mine okay and babies because with preeclampsia <laughs> 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 so for the sake, so with preeclampsia, preeclampsia can be very dangerous during mm-hmm. pregnancy. So they're like, we we gotta go. Right. Like, it's time. It's it's time. And so they, I went in on a Friday, and on um, the eighth, which was a Sunday, she was born. Um. So for those two days when you were induced, did anything like it was just nothing was happening. <laughs> so she was not like she was not having it she was not trying to come home so they were trying all of these different methods and the methods started to become um a lot yes. to the point where i'm like i can't I, I can't like they were trying um just i can't remember the medical terminology but they were basically trying different ways to induce at different levels. So first they started off with something called, I think it was called Pitocin. Yeah. And they started off with Pitocin and they're like, okay, Pitocin is not working. But I would feel the contractions. Right. I would feel things, but she was just not, they weren't working to the point where it's just like, she's like, okay, I'm ready to come out. So then they were trying um, something where they had to like use some kind of a clamp or something. They were trying to clamp pro- I, I can't remember, but the clamp they tried three times and the clamp wasn't working. So then they gave me more Pitocin, but at a higher level. 
to the point where it's just like I was feeling feeling all of these contractions, but just nothing was happening. And it started to get to a point where she became very lethargic. She wasn't moving. Her heart was beating and stuff, but she just wasn't active at all. She was having too many stretches where she had no activity. And so they're like, her oxygen started to drop. And then they're like, listen, here's your option. We could keep doing this or you could get a C-section. And I just was just like, well, we've been doing this for two days. <laughs> so, we're done. <laughs> and mind you, at this point, it was like four, it was probably like three or 4.30 in the morning. So I was like, I'm not doing this no more. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to be that cool mom that was like, I've been in labor for 37 hours and... 16. I'm not doing that. Like, so I spoke to my husband and I just was just like, so give me a minute, guys, and I'll come back because she's hungry and she needs like a little biscuit or something. These are a godsend because they're teething wafers, but they dissolve with her saliva. So she could give her her baby. Like she has an amazing. Wait, Mama, I have to put this on. Okay, I'm gonna get her. the other chair for her. It's yeah. like um she can sit up more. I don't know what you did with that chair. Daddy. Look at her. I love this seat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you chomp on that. I swear, it like 
like blended in with Andy's clothes. <laughs> you look like a panda. I was losing my mind because I usually put it. There we go. That's right. <laughs> okay, I'm back. <sighs> You gotta edit all that out because yeah, I don't want well, people to hear this. You should hear the ones of just the two of us. It's a, okay. it's a mess. It's a mess. Um, so, back to what I was saying. Yes. <laughs> so, I had to get a C section. And so, basically, for those of you who may not know, a C section is where they cut like right above your, like right in the middle or above your vagina area. I don't know. I don't know how to call it. But they. Cut a small slice and they remove the, all the organs and stuff like that, and they get the baby out. <laughs> but you're awake, you're yeah. numb, of course, but you're awake, and um, it takes about an hour. Um, it takes about an hour. It takes about an hour to prep you prior to the C-section and about an hour during the C-section because they're removing all of this stuff. Um, (laughs) And all you feel is like tugging. You don't feel obviously any pain, but you feel a lot of pressure, I should say. Lots of pressure. Um, Not unbearable pressure, but did you drop your... It's here. Um, And you feel a lot of pressure. Yeah. True. And so... As the baby's coming out, they're like, baby out, baby out. And they, like, scream it so that, you know, mom knows, like, to expect to cry. (laughs) Um, Because you're just flat, you're laying, and they have a, you know, big tarp. But you just don't, you know. The only way I knew she was out is she was hollering. She was crying. (laughs) Um, And she was born healthy, you know. um, Cold, but healthy. Um, And... She was born November 8th at 5.21 a.m. Wow. And from that day on, it's just been heaven. Like, motherhood is, like, the best thing that I probably could have ever experienced. Um, It wasn't ideal. My ideal way of getting pregnant and and going through motherhood, but I wouldn't change it for anything. So. And Wayne was able to be in the hospital. Yes, he was able to be... He was able to be in the room for the C-section. He had to, you know, like, get... They had to bring him to a separate area to, like, I guess, I don't know, fumigate him or, like, make sure... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, so he had to, like, go somewhere separate um, prior to and dress in these garbs and things like that. Um, Where did I put those biscuits? (laughs) Oh, how did they get all the way over there? Oh my gosh! Oh, Serena, your mama is going crazy. Here, here. Oh no, no, you take this. I don't, I don't feed. You do. Um, he was able to be in the room. He just obviously had to disinfect and things like that. He got to cut the umbilical cord. Um, and we delivered at a really great hospital in Middletown. Um, it was great. Phenomenal. Like, they were the best. We had a private room, um, and they only allowed, like, for their pregnancy, you know, ward, only four or five mothers, so it wasn't a whole bunch of people. Nobody from the outside can come and visit, so I had no visitors or anything like that. But the only thing with the C-section is the healing time is, yeah. I mean, even staying in the hospital for four or five days, I was ready to go home. Yeah. I was doing everything I wasn't supposed to be doing to try to get to go home. And that's one thing that I regret is it made it worse. Just trying to rush out of there made it worse. And about a week after she was born, um, my blood pressure had spiked. The preeclampsia can come back ten times worse after pregnancy. So if you have preeclampsia during pregnancy... Be mindful of it after pregnancy because it can spike, and I had to stay in the hospital for uh, a day and a night um, trying to get my blood pressure down. And she was a week. Mm-hmm. A week old. And she was home. And she was home. Oh. So Dwayne had to, like, you know. And obviously he couldn't come with Yes. Right? So he couldn't come with, and I had to stay home in the hospital, and I was crying, and, like alone again and just constantly 
you know, back in that space that I didn't want to be. So mentally, I was like, oh, my God. But it also was a reality check to Vanessa. Check yourself. Like, get yourself together. Um, Because you don't want to have to keep doing this every time. Um, And so I had to be on high blood pressure medication for, like, I want to say, like, two months. But then I started to do my own research on how to minimize my blood pressure, different ways to cope with stress, and things like that. Um, Because high blood pressure runs in my family so it I've seen it take my mom my mom passed away from high blood pressure and so I think that you know the one thing that I can say that pregnancy did for me in a more positive way it made me focus on my health because now it's like I have a legacy I have somebody that is depending upon me to be here and if I'm not taking care of my body my mind it's I mean you know it's now it's it, it became more of a, a focus for me so so i'm assuming that c-section was not a part of your original birth no <laughs> absolutely not like i had like, envisioned well, like i just thought i was gonna deliver vaginally i'm like oh my god i'm gonna push you know it's gonna be like three push i don't care how painful it is i'm just gonna push this little girl out were you wanting to have an epidural or were you planning on doing it um, at first, I was going to do it naturally, but then I started to feel the contractions. I was like, no, I'm going to get out of <laughs> Forget that. Um, you know, I had everything in my head planned. I was going to deliver vaginally. I was going to push her out. I was going to get that, you know, you know, skin to skin, that mommy connection. Like, the C-section was not what I had planned, but I wasn't opposed to it if it needed to happen. And so, in this aspect, it needed to happen, but I didn't get that skin to skin. Like, I couldn't immediately... So, how soon after she was born were um, you able to hold her? I want to say... It was a long time. Because then they had to put everything back inside. They had to <laughs> stitch me back. They had to stitch me up. And then they wheeled me to the recovery room. But mind you, they gave me a numbing agent that numbed me. And then they just put the baby on you and say, she's ready to eat. And I'm just like, what? (laughs) I can't even hold her properly. I'm numb. Like, I can't, you know. So it was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it it was a lot. Like, it it was was a lot. It was a lot. I want to say it was probably, like, maybe, like, I don't know how long it took them to put put everything back inside, but it seemed like a long time. Yes, like, it seems like a long time. Like, they brought her in, and they're like, here you go. Here's your baby. She's hungry. And I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> like, so the nurses, they were great. They were by your side in the recovery room helping you, right. you know, feed your child, feed your baby. Now it's, you know, it's in go mode. So right. for me, like, it wasn't, it definitely was not a part of the agenda, no. Mm-mm. No. And then how were the services in your hospital they were the absolute best. Like, oh my gosh. I'm so glad that I chose that hospital. I was, like, torn between, like, two or three. Um, and because this one was a little bit further away, I was like, oh, what if I, you know, go into labor? You know, how am I going to get to, you know, I'm going to, like, you know, so for me, I was trying to choose a, a hospital close to where I lived. But I read reviews and I check things out. And, um... I I didn't like the reviews, so I found this hospital. I love the fact that all the OBGYNs and the midwives, they all were young women, and what? And so I just, after my first appointment with them, I, I knew I was going to deliver there. Um, the services were great. They checked on me night and day. They would take her in the middle of the night. You know, she was crying, bathe her. You know, just a lot of things to kind of help you. Yes, and not just yes, and heal too. Yes, exactly. Um, and they would bring her back. I didn't know that there was no like baby ward. So when you have a private room and things like that, there's no baby ward. And then during COVID, there's like no baby, the, ba- the baby ward thing is done. So they brought like a, a crib or a bassinet kind of thing inside of the room. So, you know, with Dwayne being there, that was great. But if she, if I needed to get up to go to the bathroom, things like that, with a C-section and then getting up to feed her, you're hooked up to the everything. IVs and everything. So you're dragging everything. Yeah. You're trying to hold. And you're your legs and things like that are still 
starting to get back to normal. Like, they're numb. They're numb. And then with the numbing, it's this itching thing that happens afterwards. Whatever they inject you with, it makes you itch when the numbing is coming down. It was, I think with the C-section, healing is 8 to 10 weeks. For me, I want to say it's forever. Because I have plenty of friends that are moms and one of my friends, she had a C-section. Her son is nine. And she says she still feels the numbing. She still, there's just this feeling that you feel. Your, your skin just never feels right again. Like, it just never feels right. Um, and for me, they're like, you know, you, you can't walk up and down the stairs. I have two flights of stairs. So, like... That's not an option. What, like, they're like, you can't do this, you can't do that, you have to just lay down. And it's like, Dwayne was going back to work. I needed to take care of a baby. And so I think that... And there's another child. Exactly, and there's another child at home. And there's just, I, I have to eat. There's just so many things that, like, I just didn't have the luxury of just being able to sit back and lay down and heal properly that I think that... Um, they don't tell you about. Right. It's not ideal. It's it's not realistic to not move for 10 weeks. Right. I couldn't drive for six weeks. So it's just like having to go to appointments and taking her to the doctors, yeah. just things like that. Like, you... And I can't imagine feeling kind of stuck through all of COVID and then you finally have your baby and then you're like right back yes, there. Yes, exactly. Can't. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Well, and then how is it bringing... Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> so <laughs> So the hospital is far from the house. Okay, great. Fine. How far? Um like like 35 okay, minutes. Okay. It's it's pretty yeah. far. Yeah. With a newborn. So she's screaming. As soon as the car starts moving, she calms down. But I'm sitting in the back seat because, you know, I need to not be sitting in the front. Can you feel all the just it was a lot. So every bump and everything that you go over, you have to kind of hold yourself with a C-section because your stitching can rip. So it's like, like every turn, every yes, <laughs> literally you have to hold yourself together. And making sure they move exactly. Okay. So every turn you're taking, every 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 this, every that, like poor Dwayne, he had to drive like a golden girl. But, <laughs> you know, you have to abide by the speed limit at the same time. So it's just like, it was, it was a lot. You want some water? Um, so having her come home was challenging. I'm not going to lie. You know, first of all, I forgot to turn the alarm off. So as soon as I open the door, the alarm goes off. And <laughs> this loud alarm. Um, and I'm panicking because, you know, I'm trying to deactivate it. And the, uh, the alarm company's calling me and I'm like, they're like, what's your security word? And I'm like, nothing. I was like, give me a minute. I just had a baby. Like, so like, I mean, it was challenging. It definitely was challenging. Um, so like if people have the luxury of having a mom or a sister or someone come for like the first couple of weeks so that you can sleep and kind of get yourself together, I would recommend it. I, I completely would recommend it because it's a lot by yourself um it's it's just a lot it's a lot so having her home was some getting used to um but yeah it was it was definitely challenging so. if it weren't for covid do you think you would have considered hiring like a doula or like like or a midwife yeah. like throughout your pregnancy yep. i know it was very weird yeah i definitely would have had a midwife um because they could have you know I feel like I don't think I would have jumped to C-section so quickly if I had somebody just being able to coach me through things. Um, But at that time, a midwife couldn't be in the room with you. So it was just kind of like, so I just had to, a lot of things I just had to just, you know, do without um, and hope for the best. Um, But yeah, I definitely would have had a doula or a midwife. Absolutely. I would have had a doula or a midwife for sure. If it wasn't for COVID. Because of COVID, I assume your family wasn't really able to come. And the one time that my family did come down, God, I love my sister. I love her to death. She'll probably, (laughs) I'm going to not let her listen to this podcast. We we all ended up getting COVID. So, Serena being 19 days old, COVID. Me, COVID. She she got it. She ended, everyone got it. We all got COVID. 
Um, were you really sick or were you no, was it more mild? It was it was more mild, Not but that for it's me, any less like scary, yes, but right? for me, like I'm like okay, I have an immune system. Right. She doesn't have an immune system. Right. So for her, it was lots of coughing, um, stuffy, like just congestion, just things that like I'm constantly worried about, like having to sleep in separate rooms, just a lot of things. Are like you know, I can't stop breastfeeding at that time because. Hey, you still got to feed your baby. Um, she got better a lot quicker than we did, but it was still, it was, it was a lot. So like, yeah. Did you ever get to the point where you felt like you needed to bring her to the hospital? No, no. thank God it never got yeah. to that point. And I was also worried about me right. having yeah. asthma. Like, I mean, I didn't experience any cough or anything like that. Thank the heavens. Um, but I mean, it was so unpredictable and I think we, we were lucky. We yeah. we were on the lucky aspect when it came to COVID because it easily could have gone from good to worse. Um, but yeah, we all got it. Yeah, and it it around Thanksgiving time it hit us like a ton of bricks. But we, you know, we <laughs> we had a great thing Thanksgiving dinner, but we couldn't taste any of it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I definitely, yeah, I wouldn't recommend. You know, getting COVID. <laughs> getting COVID or, you know, having visitors prior yeah. to knowing whether or where not they've where they've been. So, yeah. yeah. So, we'd like to talk a little bit about postpartum. Oh, yeah. Like, so, we're curious when you brought her to her first doctor's appointment, did her pediatrician ask you any questions about how you were feeling or anything about postpartum? No. Depression? Nothing. No. So, her pediatrician didn't ask me anything about postpartum. Um, the first person that asked me about postpartum was my, my talking nurse, my nurse that calls me over the phone. Um, and how soon after giving birth was that? I want to say it was like maybe two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I want to say it was like maybe two or three weeks. Um, and even then, like I suffered from postpartum. Definitely, like there was no doubt in my mind. Um, and luckily, I had kind of just been doing my own research on postpartum that I knew that I was going through it. Um, but I would try to do things to get through it. In, it's you can't get through it. Like you just kind of have to. You just I don't I don't know how to explain it. It's just like you kind of just kind of just brush it to the side because you got things to do. Right. Like you have a baby to feed. You have a baby to change. You have a household to take care of. You have to make sure your son's good. You have right. to make sure you're eating. You have to. You just kind of just toss it to the side like some garbage and kind of get through it. And for me personally, like I want to say, like the first. Two months, I suffered from postpartum. Like, my sister sent me some flowers, like, congratulations. And when I tell you, I cried for, like, four hours over, I don't even know what I was crying for. I was happy I got the flowers. But for me, like, I think that I was just emotionally drained. And I was feeling at that time I bit off more than I could chew. I was up all hours of the night, sleep deprived, but yet a baby's supposed to be this blessing, but I didn't feel like it was a blessing at that time. I felt like I shouldn't have done this kind of thing. Um, And I feel guilty now that I'm like in a different space that I felt that way, but it also lets me know that it's normal to go through something like that Um, because in an instance you're pregnant and you're like, okay, and then next thing you know, it changes from just being pregnant and, you know, being uncomfortable sleeping to now having to have a, you know, take care of this, this little person that depends on you, you know? I, as someone who has never been pregnant or, you know, obviously had a baby, but working in the world of children and early childhood specifically, you know, you hear a lot about people's birth experiences and I feel like postpartum especially postpartum depression is like it's like you have the baby and then that's it mm-hmm. it's like not talked no about ta- no. no one talks about it and and that's why I think that you know and if people talk about it they don't talk about it 
being postpartum. Right. They just say, oh, you know, I, you know, I, yeah, like I, I, I was tired or, you know, it was challenging. Like, of course my neighbor has to mow his lawn (laughs) 60 times a day. Seriously. He does this three times a week. Um, do you want me to close the window? Okay. Um, so they don't, they don't label it. I feel like it's still that thing that's unlabeled. They say, oh, you know, you, you'll go through, you'll, you'll go, your emotions will be up and down. But it's not just emotions being up and down. It's postpartum. Let's put it cut and dry. It's postpartum yeah. depression. Exactly. Right. Right. It's postpartum depression. Like, let's be real. This is what you're going to experience. And if you don't, great. Um, for me, I experienced it for like the first two months. I'll never forget the time that I was sitting with her in the rocking chair and I cold stone fell asleep like you had I could have could have dropped her she was two days or three days old at the time but like for me like I was just like I I'm gonna sleep I can't there was times in the middle of the night I was like I can't like I can't I can't feed I can't do that I I just didn't have it in me to want to do it and Dwayne's like well I can't feed her so (laughs) but you know like you, ha- you, you, you just yeah. kind of just have to put it to the side and you you have to, you know, you, you, you have to. And for some people, it takes longer to kind of get over it. And I'm glad that I, it didn't linger for me. Um, I started to just try to tell myself, like, you asked for this. Like, this is, you wanted this. Like, so let's look at her. Like, I, I was trying to just, like, I downloaded spiritual, like, quotes that would send me things in the morning time to get myself together. But, you know, some people, depending on how postpartum hits them, they don't have that energy. Um, My family was thoroughly involved, even though they were virtual, like my sisters checking in on me, like people wanting to FaceTime, like things like that really helped through that process. Um, Because I think if it was something that I battled on my own, it would have lasted for a a lot longer than it did. No, no. I kept that to myself, and I i don't know why. I just, I wanted to make it seem like everything was okay, because this is what I asked for, like, oh, my God. But, you know, no, no. And I also feel like it's just, I don't think, I don't, it's not that I don't think they would have understood what I was going through, but I don't know. I can't, I don't even have a reason. I just, I didn't. Do you think that it? postpartum depression was something that was more, I guess, talked about at all, I guess, throughout the course mm-hmm. of your pregnancy that you would have felt more comfortable sharing your experience. Yeah. Afterwards. Yeah. I think that, and I think that just goes with just mental health yeah. in general. Like for me and my family, like, it's like, you're not depressed kind of thing. You're not suffering from postpartum. Like, you know, it's that mind frame that like, no, you're not. That I just probably was a reason why I didn't want to share. Um, and, you know, I think that if it was addressed more, um, yeah. But my sister, she, she had a baby three years ago, and she suffered from postpartum. And so she's like, I know you're suffering from postpartum. And I'll be like, no, I'm not. She's like, I can tell. Like, And so, like, even though she knew, she still didn't probe to be like, talk to me. What's going on? Like, how can I help you? It just was just kind of like she knew, but even still, like if you know, then right. why right. not? You know, help well, me get through it. Right. Yeah. I guess it goes back to the whole not talked about. Yeah. How people respond. Mm-hmm. Hey, I see that you're going through these and I think that the reason why she didn't kind of probe is because she went through it and probably I didn't probe. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, exactly. Yes. And so like, I think that she was just treating me the way that, you know, kind of like if I had to deal with it kind of thing, like, then she couldn't be able to get through it kind of thing. I don't know. And it's also, I think, Again, it's not talked about like it's a, it's a spectrum, mm-hmm. right? Like you could be having some symptoms, and you could just think I'm really tired. Mm-hmm. I just had a kid. Of course, I'm really tired. Yeah, and of course, like you I mislabel think, it right, a lot. You, there's, you have a new baby. Like there's a lot of ways to find excuses to like make up for 
how we were acting. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it doesn't have to be this thoroughly traumatic, mm -hmm. like, not functioning. Yeah. And I think that it's really hard. Yeah. And even with my nurse that checked in on me, she's like, did you, you know, and it was, it was some time. She's like, did you, how are you feeling mentally? And I told her, I was like, I think I'm suffering from postpartum depression, but I'm not quite sure if it's postpartum depression. And she was like, well, tell me what you're feeling. And I told her, she's like, I would label that as postpartum. Like, what are you doing? How are you, you know, do you have anybody that can help you? Like things like that. Um, but then, you know, she was also like, go to your doctors if you feel like you, if it's too much. Did any, at any point, did any of your doctors ask you about postpartum? Like, was it never, it was no. never, never? No. Did you feel comfortable bringing it up to them? No. No, they didn't, I don't think it was a focal point after birth like I think it was more so worried about my body because the c-section takes a lot and I had the preeclampsia that it was just kind of like make sure with your body you're not coughing you're not sneezing if you're doing this grab a pillow if you know it was so worried about the my physical that, like, even with the mental, as your physical is going through all of that, your mental is constantly being challenged. Right. Um, and so, no, it was, even when I had to stay for the preeclampsia, they didn't talk about postpartum. Like, they didn't, they would come in the room and I'm like, are you crying? I'm like, yeah, you know, a little sad. Like, you know, what's wrong? And I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm a little, like, can't be like, hey, I'm suffering from postpartum and y'all are just worried about, you know, giving me these these high blood pressure pills for 24 hours. Like, do you not think that maybe my blood pressure is high because I'm suffering from right. postpartum? So, I mean, it's, yeah, no. It definitely wasn't talked about. I'm wondering how these conversations with new moms would be if the doctor started with mental health. Yeah. How will you do it? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about mm -hmm. it, see what we can do to help you, mm -hmm. and then talk about the physical. Yeah. Or at least, like, make it seem like they are just as important. Yes. Yeah. Like, and they should be equally. They yeah. should be equally important. Yeah. And I think that they used to do stuff like that, but COVID. And they used to have a physical group, a, a physical group that you can go to after the baby was born for, <laughs> for postpartum. Um, and it got to a point where it was no longer a physical group, but it was an email. Oh, and so, really yeah, yeah, like it was like one of the nurses, like, hey, this is Renee. Here's some things you can deal with when it comes to postpartum. And you're just like, I ain't got time to read this email. My baby's crying. Like, you know, you just yeah. don't, like, you, you, excuse me. You just don't have time. You know, you don't have time. So it became really, postpartum became more of like a thing of the past. With, and I don't know if it was like that prior to COVID or if it's always been like that, you know. Yes and no, because yes and no. Um, I feel like at certain, if the appointment wasn't important, it was rushed. Like if it was not like ultrasound or something checking on like blood related to him, blood work, it was rushed. It was and like, now. how you feeling? You good? Don't forget to take your prenatal pills. Okay, bye. You know, I'll see you in a month, you know? And so I think that, what is it? Um, I think that. In the beginning, it's really rushed. Towards the end, as you're getting closer, they're really picking at you. They're, like, making sure this is right. They're really prepping you so that you have either a seamless C-section or a seamless pregnancy, like a birth. <laughs> Where's your teaser? Oh, I got something for you. Here. Six months. She just turned six months May 8th. Yeah. So, how, I mean, it was a rough start, yeah. <laughs> for sure. How has motherhood been 
past couple of months? Oh man, it's been uh, honestly, it's been great. Like just being able to watch her grow. Um, she's very busy. Um, I mean, she transitioned to the crib seamlessly. So I have my bed back. Like, I mean, she's so easy. She constantly wakes up happy. No matter what time of night it is, she wakes up happy. Um, she's just, I mean, she's a great baby. Like, I I wish I could put it into words, more words. But, like, she's so great. Like, she's so great. Like, just the best little thing. She's not fussy with food. Like, she eats everything. Um, she's good. We're just working on, like, self-play, especially she's not off the arms all the time. Just little things to help her get used to just people um, as she transitions to daycare soon. So, she's just a great baby. Like, I can't even, I can't even complain. Um, my favorite thing probably about motherhood is just... The joy I feel seeing her smile. Like, it makes me, it lets me know that I'm doing something right. And I feel like it's constant affirmations of positivity. It's like, your baby's smiling after breakfast? They liked your food kind of thing. <laughs> you know? Or, you know, just when you get the flow of things and you develop your own schedule and you kind of have to navigate it on your own, I feel like from the beginning of my pregnancy until now, like, I have a support system, but a lot of it just took navigating on my own. Like, I couldn't just, you know, go to my friends who have babies, like, hey, walk me through this and get that physical, you know, conversation. Like, COVID, with COVID, I had to just kind of do things on my, do things that felt right felt right for me. And um, it just let me know that I'm doing something right. She's six months and, like, rolling and, you know, sitting up and just kind of smiling, eating, um, just very observant as a baby and just independent. Like, so many things that, you know, motherhood is just constant affirmation on whether you're, whether it's positive or negative. Because I know if I do something that she doesn't like, oh, then you know you can you know, change it for the next time. So it just it just gives you room to grow um, and learn every day. Yes, it, it goes unnoticed to me, in my opinion. Like, people, they don't really stress how hard of being a full-time mother is. Like, I haven't worked since, what, July? And I feel like I've worked <laughs> 10 jobs, you know, like right. they, it, it on, almost a year. And they, I mean, I feel like it's more of a, a societal thing that they make it seem like all you're doing is just watching these kids, you know, and they don't really realize how much goes into watching quotations as I'm putting these kids that it's it, it yeah it definitely I feel like is underappreciated sometimes undervalued um and just not highlighted enough for you know and even during COVID I'm pregnant and we have about 30 seconds to and then we can do yeah yep <laughs> you know, I've been really fortunate. She has a, she definitely has her, you know, she's very spicy. She like, has a personality. A very, <laughs> she has a very big personality. And so, I mean, yeah, you guys got to see a little of that today. 
so. No problem. Yes. Yes. And all of those that are still trying to get pregnant, don't give up. You know, it's the, the journey is what you make it, I should say. Um, and so, yeah. Thank you so much. No problem. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. 